So welcome to another interesting episode of Age of Reason. Uh, we're at the beginning of November 2018. I'd like to just briefly talk about the format of the show. So I used to invite another host here, so we would have two people. Sometimes I wasn't even on the show. And what what's going on is that I'm actually my health situation is not great so it's difficult for me to to go get the people and if that's not too complicated setting up here the studio is is very uh, complicated and demanding so uh, for now it's just going to be me of course in the future i am open to having more hosts uh, like we used to but for now it's just going to be me which was the original point of the show anyway it's to promote the podcast and well, ultimately to promote myself as well. So, today I'd like to briefly start with the book, and I see there's a massive reflection there, so probably not a good idea to hold it up there. Uh, please get my book, Beyond the Obscure. It's a great book. It's a psychological horror thriller story, and I know that some people don't like the, the genre, perhaps, but there's a lot of stuff in this book for everybody. Um, okay, it is rated 18, 18 over, definitely. But there's a lot of stuff in here for, for everybody. So do give it a read, Beyond the Obscure. Uh, there are, will be links in the description. So today, what I'd like to talk about is uh, the US midterms very briefly. And uh, then I'm gonna talk about climate change. And in particular, there's this article about the new Brazilian president, which I'd like to, to cover. Let's start with a bit of comedy, I guess. And this is a picture that I posted on the page uh, a week or two ago. It's this, I, I don't know, I, I just like to call him Farmer Joe. So Farmer Joe is holding a sign here and the sign says, don't be comic conned. So the comic convention, the com convention, right? Your life is not fiction, get real with Jesus. It's, it's so ironic. <laughs> so he, he's the guy who's getting conned and he's telling other people to not get conned by, by other stuff. Well, actually, if you think about it, let's, talk, uh, let's take Batman, for example. Batman is basically a guy who wears a, uh, an armored suit and uh, is basically a rich, rich guy. I, well, that's believable, at least. Okay, it doesn't happen in real life, but... It is, it is believable. Superman, for example, is not believable. Batman is believable. So who would I rather believe, Batman or Jesus? Definitely Batman. Anyway, I just thought it would be funny to, to comment on that very quickly. So let's uh, go into the, the meat here. And uh, so let's talk about the midterms briefly. First of all, like I said on the Age of Reason news show, I was not at all surprised by the results uh, really there is nothing that surprised me at all we we have the the republican party and we know what they do we have the democratic party and basically since the last presidential election the democratic party has really done very little to to go in the direction of the people uh, they appointed tom perez as the dnc chair and and they purged a, a bunch of progressives from from leading positions so 
to say that the Democratic Party, you know, represents some kind of progressive movement is, is just not right. So this article focuses on the uh, millennials and I just want to say right off the bat, I don't understand why we always seem to elevate millennials to some kind of special pedestal. They, they are just basically kids. We were kids. I mean, I was a kid not that long ago. So for me, it's, it's quite recent. So why do we elevate millennials to, to some kind of special pedestal? What is so special about these, these people today? Uh, are they any different from, from people like me, for example, when I was 18, 17, something like that? I, I don't think so. Do they know more than me? That's questionable too. But the article says that record turnout, question mark, not for millennials, just a third say they'll vote. And that actually happens most of the time. Uh, every time, if I remember correctly, it, it's, it's hard to get millennials to vote. They, the, the culture today is, you know, Facebook and forums and stuff like that. So let's show action with, with words, perhaps. So let's post some message on, on the internet, but n let's not actually make a physical effort to like go and vote somewhere. But of course there's another reason for that and the article gets into that. So we'll, uh, we'll move to that. Uh, before we jump into the article, there's this curious thing I found posted many times after, right after the midterms. And uh, it says, just in case you need some positive views, positives uh, from, from the midterms, uh, here's some stats. And for example, we have the first black congresswoman from Massachusetts, two first Native American women ever elected, some one, one lesbian, okay. Uh, first openly gay governor in Colorado, Indiana, Alabama elected a gay representative to state. Okay, so th this is all very good from like a social point of view. It, it's great for like the LGBT community. But again, I don't understand why we elevate these people just because they are gay or just because they are black or just because they are lesbian. Shouldn't we judge people based on their ideas? It could be a gay person, but with the most horrible ideas ever. So yeah, he might be gay and he might be the first gay person elected to some kind of position, but he might hold absolutely awful views on climate change or, you know, uh, immigrant policy. I mean, Ted Cruz, right? Ted Cruz is basically this, this guy who, uh, by today's definition of some redneck Americans, let's say, he would not be considered an American, and yet he's the white supremacist guy. So that's, that's one paradox right there. But this article is a little bit better, and this comes from um, businessinsider.com. So this one says... Of course, it, it does include also that, that fact that they were, you know, Muslim women and Somali-American and all of that. That's fine. But this article makes a more deep point that there will be more scientists too. Uh, there's one physicist, one microbiologist, one chemist, eight engineers, mathematician. Um, there's some medical uh, people in there as well. So that, that is, is much better. It's much better to mention this type of stuff then just mention the fact that they're gay or just the fact that they're black or just the fact that they're Asian or whatever. That, this is more important. This has more substance. 
This is what I care about. Apparently, it's not what people care about, though. So let's talk about the millennials. And so we start off with a poll here, and uh, it says, how likely are you to vote in the midterm election? Definitely will vote is about 30. So that's why they said about a third of the millennials will definitely vote. And then 26% probably will vote. And then you go into the kind of, so it's like, it's in two halves for me, this, this poll. And the second half starts from uncertain and goes all the way down. So we go 23%, 12 and seven. So if you add it all up, it's about 40%. So 40% probably will not vote. Okay. Let's, let's just kind of cut the crap here and let's just say like uncertain is probably not going to vote most likely and and then the uh, the categories below that is just almost guaranteed not going to vote so that's a lot of people not voting the main reason is disengagement heading into november so that's what i've been saying at the beginning of of this show uh, the democratic party has done nothing really to unite people they they don't have any cause that is uniting people so if you go back to the election well bernie sanders had a at least i i know perhaps some of the, his stuff may be unrealistic although you know we spend a lot on war and if you just take that money for example and you reinvest it into healthcare and education you actually cover both and you still have leftover so when people say like his ideas on are unrealistic well Think about where the money is going right now. Are you happy with it? So disengagement, well, Bernie Sanders at least had a clear message. He, he tried to unite the people. And we know that, the, of course, the Republican Party, we know what they stand for. This is, there's nothing new there at all. But we need a, a party that actually properly presents a message. And we don't have that. I'm, I, the Democratic Party is not it. There's a second poll here. How, how well does Congress represent people like you? Uh, both polls, if you look at the numbers, they're more or less identical. So let's just consider they're the same for, for the argument's sake. And very well, only 3%. So only 3% of millennials are actually happy with what the Congress is doing. That just shows you how well Congress is doing. Somewhat somewhat well is like 32%. So again, a third think eh, it's okay, but could be better. And then really you have to look at the last two. So not too well and not at all well, which is over the overwhelming majority here, two thirds. Uh, again, it just says a lot about how Congress is doing. Not well. This one I found interesting, but it's very vague, this one. So again, you have to be careful with polls because some polls are extremely vague. Which candidate quality matters most? And the most important here is can bring needed change. But again, that's very vague because they don't mention which change. I mean, I want a certain change, but maybe you want another type of change. So then it's, it's vague. You have to be specific. Uh, shares my values. I like this one. Well, again, what does it mean? What values? I mean, again, my I have some values, but a lot of people have other values. For religious people, Jesus, for example, is a great value. For me, it's really not. It's one of the worst values. Honest and trustworthy, 19. That's interesting. 
I would uh, like to think that I would like a person to be honest and trustworthy, a person especially who represents my interests, but apparently that's not what matters to people the most. Cares about people like me. So this one is a bit more kind of selfish. It's like me, me, me. Again, what do you mean exactly about yourself? Uh, the right experience, I don't even know what, what that means. Uh, I hope it's not right-wing experience. The second part here, I would mostly like to talk about climate change. And uh, in particular, there was this article posted. So the reason why I talk about this to begin with is because when I was posting climate change related articles on my page, what I noticed is that so I, as an admin, I have access to certain numbers that people don't see. And I noticed that the, the, the reach, for example, on climate change post was extremely low. It, it was uh, maybe the highest I've ever seen was was a thousand. But compare that to memes and some other articles. Uh, it, it's really a tiny fraction. So I just think people don't. OK, so basically people don't read these articles. The article is titled, Could One Man Single-Handedly Ruin the Planet? And it's by David Walls Wells. We have a picture here. It's from Brazil. Uh, it's from the Amazon forest being destroyed. Uh, it, it looks like something out of an apocalyptic movie, really. I thought it was some kind of tsunami at the beginning. It looks like it from, from the surface, but it's actually burned forest, uh, a lot of it. And the Amazon forest, as we all know, is very important. Uh, it, it is a major provider of, of oxygen in the world. And of course, uh, as I'll talk later, forests act, acts as a, a carbon sink. So we have oceans that act as a carbon sink, but forests as well. And first of all, I just want to show this graph because uh, people seem to not really grasp the idea of climate change very well. And I, I strongly urge you to take some kind of curve courses on uh, online. There is, you know, Coursera, there is edX, there are good courses on both uh, related to climate change. So please check them out. Uh, occasionally I take them. So I might bump into you sometimes in those forums. And uh, you don't have to take the assignments if you don't. You, sometimes I don't have the time either. So I don't do the uh, certificate course. So then you don't have to do the assignments. You don't have to do the homework, but you can still follow through all the lectures. And sometimes that's that's good enough for me because sometimes the the uh, essays and stuff like that, I just don't don't have the time to really sit down and think about it. So anyway, so what people don't seem to understand is that they think that the pollution is basically from 2018, right? But in reality, it's, it doesn't work like that at all. In reality, the pollution and the carbon in the atmosphere and the methane in the atmosphere and you know other gases are accumulated. It's a cumulative effect. So the uh, graph here shows uh, three things on the left side. There is a graph from 1750 to 2011. So it's, it's basically roughly the start of the Industrial Revolution. It goes up quite slowly at the beginning. It's still like manageable. And then uh, you got World War One that happens. So you, you have that first spike around there, 1914, 1918. There is a 
a kind of flat area after that. And then you got World War II, which is another actually short spike. But the main spike happens right after that. So the population exploded. And a lot of people don't even want to touch that problem either, the problem of overpopulation. We have too many people in the world. There are some articles on the internet that talk about it, but most sources are extremely conservative when it comes to uh, the population. Um, my guess is that they don't want to offend people too much. I, I know that uh, people then start to say, well, what do you want then, like a genocide or something? Look, it's going to happen anyway. I don't want a genocide. I don't want to kill anybody. I don't want to start a war. But this is coming, whether you want it or not. So you see a my major spike after 1950 until today. And the reason for that, again, is so population exploded. And uh, if you look at the curve of CO2 and the population growth, they actually almost are parallel to each other. They go hand in hand. So you have more people, you have more CO2. That's, that's one thing. We all consume more. So it's just common sense. Now the graph on the right, 1750 to 1970, more or less, it's, it's like manageable. And then if you look at, if you expand that, so 1750 to 1990, you just added 20 years, but look at the difference, it's 500, 500. And then if you add 20 years more to that, it's plus 600. So you can see how, how fast the change is happening and the earth does not have the mechanisms to adjust to such fast changes. The, the rate of change is what we're talking about. The rate is unmanageable. So the article starts in between the elections first round and the runoff Bolsonaro, so that's the Brazilian president name, who has called, so this is kind of a background about the guy himself first. He called having a daughter a weakness. So he must be a Bible thumper or something because, uh, you know, being a woman in the Bible is inferior. I mean, it's made clear on almost every page. Told another legislator he wouldn't rape her because she was not worthy of it. Well, that's nice. That's a nice, that's a nice father there. Said he'd rather have his children be drug addicts than gay and endorse torture. Actually retreated from his promise to withdraw his country from the Paris Accords. This is the forced carbon cycle in, in a simplified way. So what we have here is basically the, the carbon, so the carbon from the atmosphere, that's the arrow going down here, the blue arrow, that's the carbon from the atmosphere going down into the, the forest in this case. So this diagram does not include the, the oceans and, and the lakes so much. Um, so the forests emit CO2 via decomposition. The next diagram will show that a little bit better. And of course, fires also contribute to that. Uh, you got the huge arrow there from the fossil fuels. And this particular picture talks only about Europe. So between 1990 to 20, uh, well, 2005. If you actually calculate all the numbers, you'll notice that the arrows going up uh, are almost double what the arrows going down are. And I know it doesn't include the lake, lake and ocean here, but that's, uh, it's just something to bear in mind. So the next picture here 
uh, kind of explains the previous picture more. Uh, so what happens is that if you have a natural environment, let's say you have an untouched nature, so like no, no people destroying forests, uh, you know, there's no construction going on, you basically have what we call an intact forest ecosystem. So what happens is that the atmosphere's carbon dioxide goes down and about the same amount goes up. So you have the, this balance. What happens, of course, is that thanks to people, we totally upset this balance. So in one scenario, we have clearing and burning forests. So that releases carbon that has been stored in vegetation and soil. The other thing, of course, what we can do about that is that we can plant forests back, but I think it happens at such a slow rate that there is, uh, it's basically not sustainable in the long run. And anyway, even if you do plant trees, a tree doesn't grow overnight. It needs time. And we're talking a lot, long time. The trees that we plant today, they will really have an effect maybe, I don't know, 20 years from now, really. And the final thing is conversion. So that's probably the worst. And this is when you, uh, you do kind of everything. So you destroy the forest, the forest burn, and you basically reuse that land for pasture, agriculture, and urban areas. Uh, that is the worst way to generate CO2. In fact, I read somewhere that most of the crops that we grow are actually to feed animals. So we're talking about, you know, chicken, uh, pigs, and uh, cows, and especially pigs and cows. I would actually go with chicken. Chicken is all right. But pigs and cows, they generate a lot of pollution. They need a lot of food. And that's just not sustainable, once again. Sustainable is the key word, it seems. Bolsonaro wants to do as he'd like in the Amazon, 60% of which sits with, within Brazilian borders. There, he plans to open the rainforest to agricultural development, essentially putting a match to an entire rainforest of stored carbon by inviting rapid deforestation. The industrial-scale felling of trees, which, in dying and de decomposing, will release into the atmosphere all the CO2 they have stored inside them. So this is, goes back to the diagram I just showed a while ago. If you burn the forest, you release all that carbon that is stored there in the soil as well. Not a good thing to do. And why does he do that, by the way? It's only for short-term profits. A lot of the time, those, you know, the fossil fuel companies and all of that, what they want is short-term profits. They actually perfectly know that climate change is happening. They perfectly know that they are causing it, but they are only concerned about how much money they can put into their bank tomorrow. That's basically it. And then I think what will happen, I think what will happen is that eventually, maybe you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now, um, as the fossil fuels in the world amount gets reduced, uh, they will probably switch to solar or something like that, and then they will look like some savior. Hey, look at us, we're actually saving the planet now. So they made money, they made a lot of money from burning fossil fuels and destroying the planet, and they will make a lot of money from solar plants. But it, by that point, it may be too late anyway. We'll see how it goes. This is actually a picture. There was a show in the late 90s, I believe, uh, called Sequest. Pretty good show. I, I do enjoy it. And, um, well, 
in a nutshell, uh, most most of the story actually happens under the water because it's about the submarine. But uh, there are some occasional scenes from the ground as well. And the scenario was basically that uh, humans have destroyed most of the forests in the world. So in this picture, for example, you, you only see some kind of bushes, really. You, there are definitely no trees in the picture. Why? Because it's all gone. All of it destroyed. So then you might think, okay, well, then we don't have any oxygen because we still need some trees to produce oxygen. So what's their solution? Their solution is technology. So they build these huge towers, and I can't remember how many there are in the, in the show, eight or ten in the world or something. Great target for terrorists, by the way. And so what they do is basically they produce oxygen. So I, I, can't, I don't remember the mechanism. You'd have to watch the show again. But they, they basically create oxygen. And is that the future that we want? Is those ugly, not very aesthetically nice to look at, is, is that what we want, those huge towers just producing oxygen? I think nature deserves to be here. The article continues, Bolsonaro's deforestation would release the equivalent of 13.12 gigatons of carbon. Last year, the United States emitted about 5 gigatons. This means that this one policy would have between two and three times the annual carbon impact of the entire American e economy. With all of its airplanes and automobiles and coal plants. The world's worst emitter by far is China. The country was responsible for 9.1 gigatons of emissions in 2017. But China is doing a lot of things, though, to reduce that. So, yeah, China has is producing a lot. Most of the stuff that we buy is made in China. So there is no extra... We don't pay extra for that, you see? So a dirty industry in China produces your goods gets shipped over and basically you don't really pay an extra tax on that product you don't you don't there is no carbon tax that you pay in china definitely that's the thing we take the air for granted and air has no borders so whatever happens in china gets blown all over the planet anyway and as a result we all suffer it's a free-for-all just like the oceans there's really I mean, there are like kind of border lines drawn in the ocean, but really the water flows all over. It doesn't care about these lines. These lines are kind of imaginary. For years, scientists have worried that the world's forests would flip from carbon sinks to carbon sources, become net producers of carbon rather than net absorbers. In fact, this is one of the feedback loops they most worry about. The planet's not just losing one of its largest natural resources and mitigating the extreme possibilities of climate global warming, but having that resource turn against it, almost like a tr climate trader, suddenly working on behalf of the most dire scenarios. It goes from a carbon sink to a carbon source. So the net carbon output becomes higher than what is absorbed. And that's what we call one of the feedback loops. More droughts in the rate forests also produce more wildfires, which delivered more than a gigaton of carbon between 20, 2003 and 2015. Indeed, Overall, the world's tropical forests are already carbon sources on net, responsible for almost half a gigaton of carbon each year. So this is already happening. So people uh, found these weird articles online, like saying the earth is getting greener and all of that. And, and what's your point? So yeah, it's enjoy your green. But 
in reality, CO2 is still increasing, not decreasing. So you might think that green plant might be a good thing, but you look at the curve and it's not. One paper from a few years ago suggested that while many species in the Amazon have already gone extinct thanks to deforestation, 80 to 90% of extinctions are yet to come. These declines are unfortunately right in line with what's happening everywhere in the world and what is now indisputably underway, a mass extinction by human hands. So that's what I said at the beginning of the show. This is something that people have to accept now. And the next paragraph will explain that a little bit more, but this is scary. And I know that even in my lifetime, I, I heard these scary figures, like 60 to 70% of species have, are gone just in the last, well, now it's, it will be the last four decades or something. And it's, it's, happening, it, it's happening all the time and it's, it's going to keep happening because nothing is being done. Yeah, there are some minor efforts here and there, but we're not tackling the big beast. It seems like people are so powerless to do anything that in the end, people don't even care. Because, you know, if you can't change anything, if really all your efforts amount to nothing, then in the end, you just kind of give up. And that's what the fossil fuel industry wants. They want literally people to give up. So they, they just have complete control over what's happening. A new study this week from the World Wildlife Federation found that globally wildlife populations have been have declined by 60% since just 1970. So that's what that's what I just said. At rates 1000 times faster than any previous point in planetary history. A discovery the WWF director general called mind-blowing. Um, yeah, that's that's exactly it. This it happens so quickly and we don't see it because everybody is so into their everyday life you know you go to work uh, you, you get tired there you go home you don't have time to do anything you definitely don't have time to research stuff okay some people do and that's great you know you shouldn't have a cookie for that because everybody should be doing their responsibility to the planet they should be educating themselves that doesn't deserve any medal like this is something you should do period so yeah, it happens at such a quick rate that the planet definitely, including the wildlife, they don't they doesn't have the time to, to adjust to such abrupt change. So guess who's next? Us. The UK chief executive put the news in somewhat more eye-opening perspective. We are the first generation to know we are destroying our planet and the last one that can do anything about it. Well, again, yes, this is very true. It goes back to the thing about the very short timeline of this because basically in my lifetime, I'm in my mid-30s now, this is happening. So this, this huge major global event is happening in just my lifetime. So we talk about long-term long changes like, I don't know, you know, the, the big empires that last for, for centuries. Okay, the Roman Empire is a better example. The Roman Empire was around for centuries, very strong, powerful, uh, got destroyed by corruption, by the way, in the end, to a large extent. And, but this thing was not global, though. Roman Empire never reached, for example, the Americas, never reached Australia or, you know. So it is, it is still not quite the same comparison, but climate change is happening very, very quickly. And I think 
we are so used to things happening on a, on a slow speed that we just cannot accept that these are happening so quickly. So that's why it gives birth to a lot of denialism, unfortunately. This is still from the same article, but I just found it a bit curious because it ends with a, this note here. It's not hard to dream of an even stronger two-person front with Xi, so that's the Chinese president, working in partnership with the future president Warren or Harris or Booker, one area of cooperation and superpower relationship that seems otherwise destined for further conflict. This is so funny that they kind of put the, these three people in the same pot. So I, I have some issues with Warren. I mean, she did vote, for example, for the Trump military budget expansion. And that's a bit odd because, you know, it, it's so weird to see that. And then next week she comes and talks about social issues or about how we should uh, reinforce uh, healthcare and reinvest into education. You just gave Trump an $80 billion check. What are you doing? What are all of you doing? But Harris and Booker, though, they are absolutely corporate shills. Argue with the hand. Okay, that's all for the show today. If you enjoy what I'm doing, then please subscribe and check out the merchandise. Uh, check out the book I mentioned at the beginning of the show and uh, check out the shirts as well. You can buy shirts like this one. And I'll try to do this on a weekly basis. So if my health allows it. So I'll see you next week or just next time.